Hello, everyone. I'm Trent Luce. Welcome to another edition of Rural Routes, the program where we gather every day at this time. Uh, we do it Monday through Friday anyway. And what we do when we gather is continue to address the issues between rural and urban America that has not happened many times in the past 17 years, but it's now been two weeks since Hank Fogler took the time to join us. How's Hank? Well, you kicked me to the curb. I've been sitting here in this chair for two weeks waiting to get a call. I mean, this is this is terrible. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I couldn't. I can't think straight without my weekly dose of, of Trent. <laughs> you don't know. No, it has nothing to do with Trent. It has everything to do with the vent. Oh, uh, okay. Hank yes, needs God the vent. Yeah. Uh, but first we got to do some housekeeping. Oh shoot! I just now, disrupted my myself. Uh oh. Yep, it, I'm right. My popularity has absolutely soared. Uh, Mary Pete, who lives on the Go Shoot Reservation, is uh, very active in management of that reservation. She sent me a note saying how much she liked it. And my three-year-old neighbor girl has been quoting me to her father, which he got quite a kick out of that. A three-year-old? That means I have four fans now. Um, my sister. <clears throat> you're you're making parents you, everywhere. You're making parents everywhere nervous. <clears throat> if you're going to have three year olds quoting Hank Wiggler, <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny myself. Pete's listening to me down in Pioch. I mean, this thing is just exploding on you. You have no idea what a famoso person you have working with you. I guess mm-hmm. four four people are listening to me now. So there. After yeah. 17 years, you know. Wow. What, um, and what, the other thing is, yeah. while I have been, you know, here entertaining myself, I, I I had two very severe questions come up in my mind. One, if they're taking genetically modified orgasm corn and making ethanol out of it, if I put that ethanol in my pickup will it grow a fifth wheel uh, th- that's something that we should probably discuss because it's supposed to be harmful now i i don't know it just it worries me and <clears throat> you know i mean we just these things we have to do and the other thing is it just absolutely boggles my mind is we're supposed to be in the middle of this climate change and this is a new horizon. These are new plateaus we've never seen before. But yet out here, they're preaching daily. Daily. This is the worst drought in 1,200 years. Well, I was pretty small 1,200 years ago, and I can't quite remember it, but that was 822, I believe. Now, uh, go ahead and tell me if I'm wrong. If this is the hottest it's been and the driest it's been since then, uh, had Henry Ford invented the uh, assembly line yet? Uh, were horses uh, putting out excesses amount of, of, of uh, atmospheric carbon gas, other things like that, methane? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, at what time do we wake up as a society 
and start saying that this has nothing to do with anything other than consolidating power amongst the few and we become the people uh, that are the true peasants and, and being treated accordingly. Okay, I'm done. No, you're not done. Um, or you wouldn't come back. But I actually had a conversation along these lines with my U.S. Congressman Adrian Smith over the weekend because we had big fireworks at the Nebraska GOP. We can talk about that if you like later. But Adrian is very much top of mind that this the, the Biden initiative with Executive Order 14008 signed January 27, 2021, is more than just about protecting climate change. It's about land confiscation. But I want to make sure everybody understands that this did not come from Biden. This came from the World Economic Forum, the United Nations, the global powers, because that's what's happening in the Netherlands. The Netherlands, the Dutch farmers are revolting because they're trying to implement the same retirement of food production. Canada's got the same thing taking place. It's going on around the world. It is a blatant attempt. And the first guy that ever told me about I didn't learn anything in history in school about the Bolshevik Revolution. I learned enough to go become a student myself because of Hank Vogler. And the Bolshevik Revolution was all about taking land away from the peasants and turning them into true peasants. And it was on the heels of the 1918 Spanish flu. There are so many parallels to what happened then to what's going on today. And all you need to do is be a student and you know that it's time to stand up and fight. That's unbelievable. Uh, and, and and you think about, you, you drive, even over here, you drive around and there's the, the roads are just full of people and they keep with $100 barrel oil. You keep thinking, well, you know, they got to stay home. Uh, you know, you got to have gas in your car to go to work, and you have to have money in your pocket to go to the grocery store. And everybody seems to be oblivious to it. Yeah, they complain about it. But they're not doing anything. They're just wandering around, and, and it's like, well, we better go on vacation. We better do this. We better do that, because we're not going to be able to do it again. Or the government bailed out the banks. The government bailed out the real estate. The government gave us all a check for covid why the government will take care of us? Oops, is that where inflation comes from? Oh, it can't be. It can't be. It must be just a phenomenon that comes along every 60 years. I mean, all of these things, we have been, we have been snookered. We have been, you know, anesthetized to the fact that there could be a real economic slowdown that goes on for several years and is devastating. But we have become so reliant on this group of people that 92% of them in Washington, D.C. voted for uh, the rats. I mean, Democrats. The, mm -hmm. the last word of Democratic rats. So I just slip, slip on my tongue. But they're voting themselves back into power or they're in power, don't want to get out of power, and we're taking it hook, line, and sinker. And I'm, you know, I'm not, not saying certain digging a bomb shelter in your backyard. I'm not saying, oh, we should all go to the woods and hide, wait for the apocalypse. But we are being anesthetized, truly. It's a good place to store the food you're going to need, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and here's the thing. 
you know, I used to always hear the stories about the mobs are going to come out of the cities. They're going to come to the country. They're going to just devastate the crops. They're going to slaughter the livestock. No, they're not. They're all going to go down to the welfare office, to the post office, to mm -hmm. the government buildings, and stand there and scream until they starve to death. So, I mean, they have been so, so anesthetized, so programmed that the government is going to clean everything up for them. Oh, the government cleans things up for themselves and, and perpetuates their own system. I mean, <laughs> gosh. Hank, it's, uh, it's, it's a, it's a every, every morning, um, every weekday morning from 6.30 to 7 Central Time, I do across the pond with Andrew Henderson, so I did that this morning. Andrew just made his way from the UK into France. He's seeing uh, some suppliers trying to figure out his supply chain issues on some plastic that he uses for dairymen and their silage bunkers, which he calls a clamp. That's beside the point. But he was telling me the first thing that shocked him was he gets into France today. He just got in there this morning, and the French government the warfare non-stop. It never stops. Hank Vogler never stops. We don't stop. We'll just take breaks and then come back after more Roll Out. When I have, over the years, shared the information because people want to be critical of nitrates, people want to be critical of estrogen, I'll tell people that you, you're worried about your bacon or your ham because it's cured and it might have nitrates, but you flock to eating leafy greens because leafy greens are the highest level of nitrate possible. And you know what the first question that person always asks me? How do they get them in there? How do they get them in there, Nathan? Well, they're, they're cured, right? They're cured vegetables. And vegetables actually cure many diseases. So just like your bacon's cured, you know, I wrote a paper called uh, Nitrite, the Cure for Chronic Disease. So just like nitrite, nitrate cure meat and prevent, you know, lipid oxidation and prevent, you know, food spoilage and bacterial infections and or bacterial overgrowth in the food, they do the same thing to us. They cure a lot of things because they improve nitric oxide, they improve oxygenation, they prevent oxidation, inflammation, and immune dysfunction. You want to live a cured life? Take a nitric oxide supplementation every day like I do. No2u.com. It's no2u.com. Put trend as your coupon code and you win big favors because you get free shipping and a 10% discount. Also want to remind you to go to amandaradke.com. The books that she has for children there do the best job of educating anything I know of. amandaradke.com. There's a loose tails cap there as well. What else do we have over there? A lot of information. A lot of good information that you need to know from a great American family. amandaradke.com. Welcome back. Trent Lewis alongside Hank Vogler checking in from North Spring Valley, Nevada, as we continue to delve into the issue of government creating complacency. That's all it's about. So, yeah, I just mentioned that uh, the French government told people it's too hot today. You didn't have to go to work. It was 80 degrees. My goodness. By the way, we were 100. We, we, top, we hit 100 yesterday. Uh, I, I don't know if my pickup thermometer was correct or not, but it said it was 105 in the afternoon. But my pickup was sitting in the sun, and the house weather station thermometers said it was 95, which is it, it's warm for here. But we're also having uh, a horrific drought, which we've had before. Uh, the people that used to 
uh, inhabit parts of, of this part of Nevada, they somehow have determined that they all pulled out of here in a 24-year drought uh, about 800 years ago. So maybe we're back to that. Uh, you know, we just have things going on every year. No, no year is exactly the same. I, in my business, it hasn't been. We've had 40 below zero. Uh, we've had water running down the roads into my yard around both sides of my old shack that I lived in for 28 years. We've had every phenomenon of weather that's possible. Hailstorms that strip the leaves off the sagebrush. We, you know, but you have to learn to take those things in stride. You guys have been having those derecho winds, which derecho in Spanish is straight. So straight line winds that's been knocking down your crops. Uh, I, you know, those are the things that happen somewhere in the world. One thing about it, we have greater communication skills and we have instant, we can find out what happened to the, uh, mice that were eating things in India. We, we know what's going on in Ukraine all around the world instantly. Instantly. Uh, and the instant news, the instant, whether it's filtered, whether it's changed or modified, I think it had a great effect on the on the Vietnam War in my era because every night they had the body count. Every night they showed uh, things being blown up. They saw the same hill being taken over and over and over again. It was no longer the John Wayne theme of the Second World War that was two weeks late on a newsreel at a movie theater. Uh, it was instant. And that's all about all we've really done. We haven't changed the world. We just know about all the details instantly. That's all. Yeah, I mean, no different than I just told you about my across the pond this morning. Here's Andrew Henderson going from the U.K. into France and joining me live on the air talking about it at the moment. I mean, we, we take that yeah. instant communication for granted. Yes. And... and, it, and I guess the hard part is is getting something that has not been shaded and jaded towards one philosophy or the other. Now Macron is saying basically that you know you got to depend on government, stay home. It's too hot, you know. Uh, and and your gentleman friend from the United Kingdom is saying this is totally ridiculous. By the way, my granddaughter is in uh, London and is going to France also. She won a scholarship uh, to go over there with her college uh, program. So anyhow, have your friend say, hello, Stacy. <laughs> All right, how long is she going to be there? Uh, for the rest of this month. Oh, okay. All right, well, that'd be fun, actually. It'd be fun to have Andrew Finder, them get together and uh, join us on a broadcast. <laughs> uh, the stuff that she's been sending her mother on the on the Instagram or whatever, uh, I think they're having way too much fun to be in serious about anything. Look like to me. Yeah, I think that's an issue. But you know, that's the biggest one change, and I see these kids doing it. Landry uh, clearly doesn't have the uh, wherewithal to global travel, but she's going to be a senior in high school. And, and even in little old Loop City High School, there was at least a dozen, maybe more, kids that went to Europe for a, a visit this summer. 
When I was 16, 17 years old, Hank, going to visit Europe wasn't something I could do on a summer summer school break. We, but yet we just expect that our kids should be able to do that today. I, I don't understand it. Well, everybody I knew uh, had a summer job, haying, uh, or doing something, uh, you know, uh, working in the woods or doing something. It, you, that was part of the family's income. I mean, uh, I never forget my mother, my first check. I'm 11 years old. Worked all summer building fence and not steel post fence, the hole digging type, the badger hole digging type. And as soon as I got that check, she took me right down to Burns Department Store and and Reno's Men's Store and said, okay, go buy your school clothes. Huh? Hey, I'm buying guns. I got stuff I want to do with this money. What are you talking about buying clothes? Doesn't that, isn't that on my birth certificate? I get that stuff? No. No. <laughs> That's why I've been such a clothes horse ever since. <laughs> well, hey, I, I did want to. Nobody win it. Beyond your clothes uh, confiscations. <laughs> I did want to say, you know, last Monday, we didn't do this broadcast because it was Independence Day 2022. And we had a Bridging America event in Keystone, and there were a dozen people who reached out to me who at the last minute said, no, I'm not going to make the trip. And they were from a long ways away from Keystone, South Dakota, where Mount Rushmore is. And we had a a light crowd. I expected several hundred. We had maybe 100. But I have to tell you, Hank, uh, that the Keystone crowd period is probably half of what it was a year ago. Because we were there one year ago. And a year ago, it was just completely packed. I'll t- I don't know. what that, That's not some official number that I got from the Chamber of Commerce or anything. But I think, I think I'm starting to see that people are spending less on fuel and uh, these luxury items than they did. I'm sure that's, uh, I'm sure that's coming if it hasn't, you know, started mega doses already. And the thing of it is, is it's to the point where you can't tell anybody the dog ate your homework. I mean, you weren't in the office for minutes and you started shutting down the Keystone Pipeline. You started doing this and that, going to put fossil fuels out of business. We're all going to go electric. But I also just got an article from a high school friend, Tom, sent me. uh, And the... Ratings on those 300-mile electric cars is kind of a misnomer. Uh, if you're pulling hills, oh, by the way, don't turn your air conditioner on and or your heater because that pulls down on that same electric system. I mean, there's just a lot of things going on out there that I think, hopefully, we as a society are waking up to the fact that you cannot do these things forever. You, there has to be some responsibility. Taking away the gas tax money and using it to drop the price of fuel oil a little bit, okay, fine, and selling 5 million uh, barrels of oil to the Chinese when the petroleum reserve was put together at a much lower price, and now all of a sudden uh, you're going to have to replace it with higher wages, higher monies, and the monies are being borrowed from this. I mean, it just goes on and on. It's... (laughs) 
it's like a teenage kid with the old man's credit card. You know, as long as the bank doesn't call and say this is all you can charge, there there's no responsibility to it. Mm-hmm. The, the chicken doesn't come home to your house. You left out the fact that we sold it to China, who now verifiably has the largest oil reserve in the world and in the world's history. And Hunter Biden owned part of the company that bought the strategic oil reserve in China. But that's all, all right. To be clear, right. just to be clear, Hank, he, he started Unipac America. Unipac America is a branch of China Petrochemical Corporation who was a purchaser of 960,000 barrels of our strategic oil reserve. And now we have to take a break. We'll be back with more Hank Vogler. We're halfway through the journey. More Roll Route after this. I want to share with you the information that's available at the Wall of Honor. We've gotten to this point in time, and I've said so many times, it's now our time to stand up for freedom and liberty and the next generation. But the men and women who got us to this point need to be honored. And that is why the Wall of Honor at wallofhonor.org is so important to me. It started in North Dakota. We're going to continue to expand that through the region so that we can have you submit your loved one that will be named, recognized, and pictured on the Wall of Honor. We also, like every other project, need some funds. So, if you're interested in continuing this tremendous endeavor, go to the website, wallofhonor.org, wallofhonor.org, You have two options. Get more information about the individuals that are present. Supply some cash or submit your loved one to be recognized by the Wall of Honor. Wallofhonor.org. They were a great partner in Keystone. Welcome back. Roll route. Trent Lewis alongside, excuse me, Hank Bogler. All right, we're halfway through this journey, and you have not mentioned anything about the federal government trying to chase you off the land. I did see a short video, and I'm going to follow up with this family from the Sacramento grazing area, Spike Goss, I'm sure it is, Spike Goss and his wife, who basically have been given an ultimatum, get out of their grazing allotment. They 25 years ago told they would be removed, and it's kind of like the Hank story, Hank Bugler story all over again. Well, whether I'm into conspiracy theories or not, uh, Southern Nevada Water Authority and the N4 Grazing Board in the in the Lincoln County Wilson Creek allotment, uh, N4 Grazing Board contested whether SNWA had the right to graze or not because they are a state agency. And it's specifically in the Forest Service that you can't, federal, state, county agency cannot hold the force permit they magically got several maybe because harry reed was a uh, majority leader in the senate i don't know just accident divine providence well anyhow the uh, solicitor general or whatever those fancy names are for the shills for the federal government they ruled that uh, there was some obscure state law that allowed uh the Nevada Water Authority to hold those permits, and it was something to do with uh, cooperation with local communities. Well, I don't think anybody in Lincoln County 
or White Pine County cooperated with these people. It doesn't mention anything about being in, in agriculture competing against private industry uh, with state licenses, exemption from taxes, and all the other bennies that they get as a state agency. It talked about firefighters and nurses and things like that. So that shield for the federal government, who claims to you know, have a degree in, in uh, law and is uh, Lady Justice is blind and fair, uh, it, it, it would make you wonder, uh, we're supposed to choke that down, not any different than uh, Joe Stalin calling up with and saying, you know, you do this or the boys will be over and put a bullet in you. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Me? Uh, all of a sudden, <clears throat> the state government and the federal government wants to take away my permit uh, that I bought and paid for at San Jacinto so they can introduce wild sheep because they have a document that was signed in 1993 that the sheep are being used to consume larkspur, and they could do that until they decided if they wanted to put wild sheep there. So, uh, yeah, there, anybody that dares raise their voice or try and, you know, have some, something done, uh, they're after them. The, uh, they are the same gentleman, the same shill for the federal government, whatever they're called, solicitor general, blah, 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 uh, ruled against me saying, well, <clears throat> I didn't have any standing, uh, just because I didn't have any standing, thank you very much. They cherry-picked everything we sent them, everything, and and did nothing. And they did not even, they, they just are just making rules to protect themselves because my deal is 27 years of total embarrassment of what the BLM failed to do or even tried to do. And then when the Southern Nevada Water Authority came along and inadvertently uh had a, somebody showing them how to run ranches or buy ranches, didn't have any idea what he was doing, and they wound up in the same allotment as me. And, you know, the protocols that are being followed, they won't even send us with Freedom of Information Act, the information that we need to prove our case. And they know it will prove our case, and it will be a total embarrassment to the Bureau of Land Management. So you think we can get those papers? I mean, this is this is what you do in third world countries. You know, this is when you go, uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, if you're German and the SS shows up at your door with uh, with warrants or whatever they have, you're going to go, Heil Hitler, come on in, have coffee. Yes, uh, I'm a loyal member of your party. Yeah, because you want to live. Well, that's basically what they're doing to me is they're just gaslighting me just you know right you didn't comply here this well the heck i didn't i did everything and until this last guy came along and obviously was put here to put me out of business every year the blm knew i was in that portion of that allotment in the part that was designated for sheep and sheep and sheep and sheep and the the Natural Resource Conservation Service, another government agency, is absolutely spot on with the breakdown of that allotment. Everything about it is just 
you know, uh, uh, my three-year-old neighbor girl, I think, could make a, a, a rational decision, but they know the embarrassment is there, so they're all hiding in the weeds. And this is how this is how they're operating throughout the country, whether it's Hunter Biden's laptop or or whether it's EPA pushing ranchers around in Nebraska over a puddle that forms after a rainstorm or whatever, or the Red River changed courses between Texas and Oklahoma. It is the United States of America. It's not Washington, D.C. and its subordinate units called states. No. It's, it, 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 it's, it's we have let Washington, D.C. incrementally in 200 and what, 40 years, mm-hmm. just absolutely like a an octopus so I've been quoting Hank Vogler a lot in the last two weeks because it was Hank Vogler on this very program years ago who said people aren't going to pay attention until their belly button's banging their backbone. They now see that happening, so they're now paying attention. I hope so. You know, it's just like here. Okay. Uh, we've had two Mickey Mouse fires here. Well, if you put out fire for 70 years, you let the pinion and juniper encroach to the point where there's nothing, there's no feed for wildlife, feed for anything underneath them. Uh, they soak up everything, and and uh, a catalytic converter comes along, a cigarette comes along, who knows? Doesn't matter. It catches us on fire, and these people show up in huge trucks, spending tens of thousands if not hundreds of thousands of dollars it's a it, it, it's a growth industry and when the individual firefighters say these are pickup payments we're working on here or black trees make green pockets but yet nobody steps up and says you know in a cool season burn it doesn't scald the soil it does it, you know there's no perfect situation the poor forest service guys in new mexico those trash piles got ahead of them. Yeah, that's going to happen. There's going to be problems. But what we're doing now is we're making the perfect storm. One of these days, there's going to be the moon and the stars line up. And, all of, and well, it's happening more and more in the West. These huge catastrophic fires are going to happen. Whereas if they would be out on every warm afternoon in the fall, used to be called Indian summer. The woods were full of smoke. They used to burn trash piles in the wintertime. They used to manage everything. Now they don't because they got to go through the NEPA process, and it takes you five to ten years to get anything done. And by then, uh, you've been drugged through so many knotholes. Uh, you've spent so much money trying to get your uh, situation across. You're broke. So, well, it's, it's clear that that's the intended outcome been been working on that for generations we thought it was just a, a victim of circumstance but the truth of the matter is there's been an intended plan for quite some time to get people off the land well yeah private enterprise to uh is is kryptonite uh you know you've got to have committees you've got to have overlords You've got to have all of these things. I mean, uh, Karl Marx put it all down in writing a long time ago, back, I think, in the 1850s. And 
and it, it sounds so wonderful. Doesn't work anywhere in the world. And one of the biggest ironies of all, that we've got hundreds of thousands of people crashing the border, walking in here, that the Democrats are all sure they're going to vote Democrat when they give them their citizenship day after tomorrow. They're escaping Venezuela, Guatemala. Yeah. They're escaping Cuba. They're escaping the countries that propagate and talk about this communism that doesn't never work except if you happen to be in the central committee and you everything is done by favor and by loyalty. It has nothing to do with incentive to work, you know. And they hate capitalism. You know, I mean, everything about capitalism is wrong to them because you cannot play Major League Baseball unless you could drive one into the cheap seats consistently or have a 100-mile-an-hour fastball. You have to excel. Uh, basketball, there are no four foot eleven transgender centers on those teams. It's the best of the best of the best. And, and, and that's how capitalism, free enterprise, works. Is Everybody is incentivized to try life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And you get to choose what your happiness is. And if it's being pushed back, because, well, we have to be fair. You know, we have to give a ribbon to everybody, even though they didn't even finish the race, or five minutes after the race was won, he finally got across the finish line. So we'll give him a trophy. Oh, boy, isn't that fun? Uh, I will have to say, as I go out of this segment, that I am still a full-fledged supporter of capitalism, but I am just so disheartened by the people who succeed in capitalism, never seem to be happy with what they have. They want to make sure other people don't have what they have. And and that leads to control and the world global elite problem that we have today, which we're not immune to in any state USA back with the last segment of Hank Bogler on this mid-month that's almost mid-month next Monday will be after mid-month 2022 month of July more after this let's talk about the certified Piedmontese system for a moment Great Plains cattlemen working together to produce a high quality product and in this case the quality we're talking about is tenderness tender beef generates return customers time and time again So, we need cattlemen that are willing to use your cows, use the Piedmontese sires from Lone Creek to generate this tender beef. Details about the system and how it works can be found at LoneCreekCattleCode.com. The truth of the matter is that there you will find the people to talk to. We've personally been a part of this program for four years and... Last night, late, just before dark, I was out looking at my Piedmontese sired calves. They look absolutely phenomenal. I just love these calves, but I'm kind of a muscle guy. Details at LungCreekCattleCo.com. Welcome back. Roll route, Trent Loose, alongside Hank Bogler. Next week, Hank, uh, let's see, what am I doing? Hmm. I am doing something that I... I've said previously I would never do again, but I'm doing it this coming weekend, so I'm not sure what my schedule is for Monday. You know what that is? So, uh, having a colonoscopy? I've never had one of those, so I haven't had to say it. I'll never have it again. I remember the day you had yours, though. And 
my buddy Marty Beard had had one two weeks ago. Uh, no, yeah, actually, maybe this is about the same. I'm flying. Well, I've been in an airplane with you all the way to Australia. What? What? You said you'd never fly again. I said I'd never fly again. You blew that. Yeah, last time I was in an airplane or in an airport was October last fall. And uh, I know the mask mandate is gone, but uh, I just I, I, I want to drive everywhere. But I'm speaking for the Brahmin Junior Membership Leadership Program, and uh, it's in Florida, Gainesville, Florida. And I can't functionally pull off how I'm going to get there. And I don't know if you noticed or not, but gas is a little higher than it was. And I, I, I can't drive down there and back for what I bought this plane ticket for. And then I get the same d- dilemma the next week, Biloxi, Mississippi, Mississippi Farm Bureau. So I'm about to make myself a hypocrite. That's what I'm telling you. I'm just telling everybody. Well, speaking of gas, as soon as we get off the program, I've got to call the supplier and uh, order 10,000 gallons. So... Uh, I've been taking the Valium and uh, smoking marijuana. <laughs> Have you done 10,000 times that. five yet and got the number? No, please. No. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a, piece of, a moment of peace before the Hey, you know what? You might be better off, forget that, just go dig that bomb shelter you were talking about earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Buy some horseshoe, no. some horseshoe nails. Hey, uh, I'll tell you another thing. When you get delivery of that 10,000 gallon, I suggest you put it in a bomb shelter so nobody can find it. That's correct. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah, we've got, we've got the uh, motion lights all around and everything. Yeah. We got the guard dogs, you know, bark at night. So, uh, you know, I mean, it's just, it's scary. Uh, you know, we had, uh, the last time I got fuel, it had doubled, and now it's up again. So, I mean, my goodness sakes, it's uh, it, it's a lot of lambs. I mean, it's a lot of lambs. There's no question about it. It's a truckload of lambs to buy fuel. So, and eventually you run out of lambs. That's why it's called yeah. the Four Sheep Company. We're well... With what feed costs are, you just, I don't know, this food business is not going to get easier for a while. Uh, you know, I, I repeat this. Of, Go ahead. <laughs> a friend of mine called me. He's trying to, he has a few horses, uh, uh, recreational horses, and uh, his supplier told him that they had it roadsided for $400 a ton. Uh and I so then I thought like a, a, I really pulled the, pulled one off. I've got two hundred tons lined up for three and a quarter. That roadside, I still got to pay for delivery. So it's you know, uh, and so people are waking up everywhere to you know. Will my friend have to make the decision to whether he buys gas for his vehicle so he can go to work and eat, or feed his my friend Flicka? Uh, you know, I mean, I don't. At some point in time, uh, <laughs> it's amazing. Let me let me just and, tell you, I got to ground level. I got twenty of those hay burners, 
And if I if I'm paying two hundred dollars a ton, forget about three twenty five or four hundred. If I'm paying two hundred dollars a ton for a horse, they're not here. They're gone. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. At some point in time, people are going to have to make rational decisions. And down here on the bottom of the food chain, you, you know, nobody realizes that everything we do is wholesale. Yeah. We are at the mercy of the guy that wants to buy stuff from us. And so we can't have, well, there's no way we can add the cost of anything on. So therefore, uh, we're the first victims of the inflation of all, you know, tax increases, whatever's out there, you know. I, a, a neighbor of mine, a sheep herder quitting and went to California because they've almost tripled the wages that you have to pay in California for sheep herding because of whatever the, the laws of California are. Uh, you know, $2,000 a month more than they get here. Well, those people are capitalists like everybody else. I'm scared to go down and count noses in the bunkhouse. So Just all these things, it comes down the hill. Let me ask you this: I I get the uh, U.S. Meat Export Federation report every day, and last week on I think it was Friday actually, they had a report talking about how beef exports have just skyrocketed. Pork exports are not skyrocketing, but holding their own. And then they were talking about the promise of lamb exports. And I realize the U.S. Meat Export Federation, that's what they do. They, they go around the world. I was in Japan. I ran into people I knew from the U.S. and U.S. Meat Export Federation. And so I know that's what they focus on. But, Hank, when you have a population that eats less than one pound per year per capita, I'm not really sure the logic of an industry that's no bigger than the U.S. lamb industry in trying to export lamb, it would seem to me that it would be more efficient for the sheepmen of the world, of the United States, now, that's not a world statement, to try to increase. If you just doubled the demand of lamb in the U.S., that would be a huge increase. I, I don't understand this. I, I don't either, but I do know that if you doubled the amount of intake of lamb, I mean, just the fact that the Muslim trade and the Hispanic trade has bought these animals and, and bought them weighing 90 pounds and slaughtered them at 90 pounds rather than running them up to 200 pounds or whatever they do in the normal traditions, uh, there there is some dynamics there. And the people that are eating the lamb overseas are probably the people that are used to eating the lighter lamb I, I i can't figure it out all i know is when you and i were going in through the grocery stores in adelaide australia the lamb was right next to the kangaroo next to the horse meat next to other exotic foods camel and it had a shelf space because there are so few sheep left in the united states it has become so seasonal that if we would not have any uh, exposure at all in a grocery store. Uh, go to any counter in any grocery store that has lamb, and it's one little tiny spot. Well, if you can't have a consistent product there, and I know the wool growers in the United States hate my guts probably for this statement, but we do need a certain amount of, because our lamb is so seasonal, uh, we need some imports of that lamb to keep 
that exposure in front of the public to where we could at least sell something. Uh, but yeah, the number of sheep in New Zealand, in Australia, in South Africa are all going down. Uh, it requires a lot of hand labor and it requires some real dedication to the system. It just, it's a phenomenon that, uh, complacency. I see it happening in the cowboys with huge, huge carcasses, uh, over fat animals, uh, you know, and, and not getting out with new products and, and, and letting the guys in the broiler industry mm-hmm. get a bigger share of the market. All of these things, you know, why, if I'm a broker for meat, why should I try and expand when I've been able to move all the meat I can to the Piggly Wiggly? Uh, and so they don't go out and, and come up with new products. Whereas the chicken guys did. And the chickens guys got in the market and, and took a grand share of it. Uh, it's the same way all over. Look, look at what the milk guys did. Now they got almond milk. They got coconut milk. They got all of these different kinds of milk with, uh, made from soy products. Uh, Beyond Meat, the vegan diet, all of these things found a niche market, uh, filled it as best they could. And, and it will cycle in and cycle out. Some of it will be successful and some of it won't. And if the price goes up, look at organic, organic, organic. Well, when it costs 20%, 30% more than, than meat that may have uh, been driven in a cattle truck past a, a, a feed store that's sold antibiotics, so therefore it's bad and promoted as bad, well, okay, but it's 20% less. Gasoline's up 100%. Food is up 30%. I think I'll probably not buy that stuff that has that special label on it. I think I'll just yeah. buy, you know, I don't know. Well, the, it's, it's a phenomena. The alternative protein substances are already phasing out. They're, yep. Economically, that's been a disaster, and you see that taking place all across the world, but particularly the U.S., I mean, it, no matter what the media tells you, it's it's over. Yeah, it's going south. Yeah. Uh, statistically, completely, yeah. Good idea. They've had it for years. Uh, a particular religion used to promote it uh, when I was a young man. And they had their, their vegan products because they didn't eat meat. And... and uh, it never exploded, and that was 50 years ago, the first thing I ever heard of. So, yeah, it'll cycle in, it'll cycle out, there'll be all, there's all I, kinds of things. You know, when's the know. last time you uh, uh, saw El Camino? I or, don't uh, Camaro? Last time I saw Doc from Earrington. That'll do it. We have successfully journeyed to die, Doc Randy. Can't say what we call him on the air, actually. We've successfully journeyed down the road connecting rural and urban America. Frank Bogler, I'm Trent Lewis. Both of us reminding you that all roads do lead to a store filled with food, grocery store shelves. Roll route. I'm going to close here and remind you about Gold Buckle Tax. September the 11th is going to be a big day at Beard Arena, Minokin, North Dakota. It's the Cowboys for a Cure. Want to fight cancer at every single level, and nobody's better at fighting the issues that we face in human life than the cowboy or the cowgirl. In fact, it was a song, I think it was George Strait, who said the best cowboys aren't boys at all. That's a true story. 
the cowgirls, the cowboys, will be competing. Cowboys for a cure. Get more details about that, plus all of your tack needs. Now, you might have to deal with a guy named Marty Beard if you call, but go to the website, goldbuckletack.net. Goldbuckletack.net. Marty's got everything. I've got some videos of Marty displaying, in the like a model, in the store. What's available? Goldbuckletack.net. 